Amen. Thank you, Lord. Woo. I was trying to figure out how to introduce this message, but I haven't come up with anything. So how about if I just read a scripture to start out? Um, Okay, well, here's my introduction. You know, last week I talked to you all about the prophetic psalm, and the reason I did was because that's what God's been talking to me about is the prophetic. Anybody else? That God's talking to you about the prophetic? Raise your hand. I'd like to see other prophetic. Yes. A couple people anyway. So, you know... um, we really are in a new time, and a lot's going on in the world. I think I've shared a few times about things going on in the governments of the world. There's a lot of shifting, and a lot of it's going to manifest. It doesn't manifest instantly, but it's going to manifest, and there's going to be a lot of changes in the world. And I think, I believe, changes for the good. I think God is bringing the, the world, whole world into a new season. And I think it's a season, you know, of grace and a season of mercy. And it's an opportunity for the body of Christ to really connect in with what God's doing. And, and so, you know, anytime God does something, he, he releases a prophetic anointing over the, over the world. And that's really a, what, a lot of what's happening right now. Um, even people that don't necessarily uh, fall, are following the Lord have a prophetic anointing on them. You, that's out of the Bible. Uh, you know, this high priest prophesied. I mean, he, he didn't have the Lord on any level. He was one that was killing him. And he prophesied about the, the, about the crucifixion of Christ. And so, see, God will use people. So if you'll start paying attention, you'll start hearing the intent of the Lord, even, even through the governments of the world. You really will. You'll start hearing what God wants to do. And so, how much more does the church need to come into our rightful mantle of the prophetic? Now, I'm going to say our rightful mantle of the prophetic because the Bible clearly states whenever the Holy Spirit is poured out, there's going to be an anointing of prophecy that's poured out. I'm not talking about end-time prophecy, okay? I don't really, (laughs) I don't divulge in that stuff. It's just not something I've ever been able to tap into very well. I'm talking about living a prophetic life, okay, a prophetic lifestyle, and living according to what the New Testament teaches us about the prophetic. Are y'all good this morning? So I'm going to read this very famous verse uh, that kind of sets the stage for New Testament prophecy. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So let's just go ahead and right off the bat and say the important word right here is and. Everybody say and. You need to underline that word, and. It doesn't say pursue love and perhaps spiritual gifts. No, it says pursue and. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. All the, if you go back and read 1 Corinthians 12, there's a, there's a, like eight or nine, I think nine spiritual gifts listed in there. And Paul was stating here the most important one of those gifts to, to boil over with zeal because that's what it literally means to earnestly desire in the Greek. Boil over with zeal that you may prophesy. How many people are boiling this morning to prophesy? Anybody? Raise your hand if you're boiling to prophesy. And if you're not raising your hand, let me just say something this morning. Today's an invitation to get that, to turn the burner up in you. Today's an invitation, okay? Today's an invitation. I, I need to calm down, okay? Today is an invitation. 
for the Holy Spirit to turn up the fire in you where you and I can begin to do what the Bible is very clear that we should be doing. That we should be pursuing love and boiling over with zeal for the prophetic anointing on our life. Okay? Come on. It shouldn't, it's not just for special people. It says your sons and daughters, your old men and your young men. That means old women and, and old women, you know. Well, he didn't say old men and old women. They didn't say old women because they knew they'd get mad. But they just said, we're going to cover everybody with the men. They're old. They don't mind being old. Isn't that crazy how that is? You can say, oh, that's an old man. He's old. You start talking to a woman about being old, and she's, she's going to get mad. Okay? So why is this? Why, why does he say pursue love and spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy? Because love finds its fuller expression in the prophetic anointing. Okay? That's why this is important. We're, you know, God has emphasized the Father's love for a few years in the body of Christ. Isn't that glorious that we are learning how to, to know love? Yes. It's so important to know how to, to, to know love, to be loved, so we can be loving people, so we can be lovers of God and love others. That's so important. But see what Paul was saying, for this amazing gift of love, that has been presented to us at God's greatest expense that he could possibly pay. Prophecy, the prophetic anointing, gives that beautiful, beautiful gift of love an expression that it can't be found in any other way. Now that should set your... That should, see, I'm trying to turn the, turn the burner up there. Get a little more heat going inside of you. That if you start thinking about it like that, and seeing what Paul was really trying to tell us, that the love of God is the most important thing there is. Okay? So if you really believe that, and you really want that, and you want to walk in that, then you need to start bowling over inside for this prophetic anointing. Amen? Okay. Woo, mercy, Lord. And then he says, for he who speaks in a tongue, he's comparing prophecy and tongue here, tongues, uh, does not speak to men but to God, but no one understands him. However, in the Spirit... He speaks mysteries. I don't really want to get into the tongues things, but this is the beautiful thing about speaking in tongues. Okay? This is the beautiful thing. The mysteries of God get released into the realm of your soul, into the realm of your mind when you pray in tongues. Anybody want to know about the mysteries? Anybody want to know about revelation? Anybody want to know to go beyond what somebody said something meant to something to what it really means? The step across the barrier of the natural into the supernatural. Well, that's what Paul was saying there. He was saying when, when, you, when you pray in tongues, it releases something into your mind, into your heart that you can't get any other way. So if you're not a tongue prayer, become a tongue prayer. Easy to do. Ask the Lord to do it and he'll do it. Because he's very interested in you walking in and knowing the mysteries of the kingdom. You know, the Lord said to the disciples in Matthew 13, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. To you it has been granted. To everybody in this room has been granted. And then Paul tells us, and one of the ways you access that is through, through the gift of tongues. I love speaking in tongues. Yes and amen. But he who prophesies speaks edification and ex- exhortation and comfort to men. And what Paul's saying there, this is more important 
than praying in tongues and getting these mysteries. Is praying in tongues enables us to exhort, to comfort other people. In other words, it gives us an ability to share God's love, to share God's heart to other people. Are y'all following this? So let me just really quick say this. Edification means building up other people. The, the picture is a building, building a building, you know, and putting what the building needs to be built up. Um, you know, when you give a person a prophetic word, you're not just giving a, a word, you're giving them a window into the heart of God for them where they can begin, begin to see what God's heart is towards them through just, just a word, that they can begin to see how God thinks about them through a word. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Because everybody wants to know, what's God thinking? What's God saying to me? And, and that's what a prophetic word does. It, it, it opens that window up for us to see into the heart and know what the Father's heart is at that moment in our life. And we all want that, and everybody needs that. Amen? It's just ball over. Okay, you know, it tells people who they are even though they might not yet be that person. It tells them who they are. It reveals to them, this is who God says you are. It gives you something to live for, to live to, to become. Instead of thinking you're some, some nothing before the Lord, a prophetic anointing can release and, and reveal to you that you're way more than that, that God sees you way different than you see yourself. And that when God, when you look in the mirror, that you could begin to see a different person standing before you. And that's what the prophetic will do for you. If you will allow it to begin to work in your life. It declared, it, this is one of the great things for me, is what the prophetic has done for me many times. When I was absolutely in a broken state, in a broken state in my heart where I felt broke down, it's when people would release the prophetic for me, it would give me courage. It would build me up on the inside and help me to believe. It would help me to do what they were talking about, dream. When I was broken down and didn't feel like I had dreams, the prophetic really would release those dreams back to me. Are y'all following this this morning? I thank you for that. <laughs> okay, that's the really beautiful one. Oh, exhortation is the next one. And this is one everybody loves, but exhortation means to challenge, instruct, and admonish. Challenge, instruct, and admonish. Well, this person ain't here today. I'll tell you one time, Arthur Burke, remember, I don't know, he was like a spiritual father to us. I guess he was probably 90-something years old when he did this to this guy in the church. We were sitting back here in the office, and Arthur was in there, and this guy walks in. Hey, Arthur, you got a word for me? He gets up and burns him up about being self-centered. I'm thinking, I'm not asking Arthur for no word. <laughs> now, that's, that's an admonishment. The guy got real quiet. He knew Arthur. He knew Arthur loved him and cared about him. You know, I love my grandkids to death. I love them. They get away with stuff on me that nobody else will ever get away with on me. They do things in me. They'll go through my stuff and they'll say, well, you said I could. You know, get, if I got anything they want, they're getting it. You know, they just go through it and grab it. Oh, I took that. Papa said I could do this. No problem. They're, they're saying that, telling everybody else because they would get in trouble. Normally. But I'll tell you one thing I will do with my grandkids. I don't spank them or nothing like that. I reserve that for their parents. When they start being bad, they start being hurtful, or they start, go, you know, being rebellion, I call them out on them and tell them, you know, you're not, this is wrong. You know, that's an admonishment. 
And I don't, I'm not doing it to be mean to them. I'm doing it because I love them and care about them. And they keep it up. I say, you may call your daddy. <laughs> Everyone, I'm saying, no, don't call daddy. <laughs> I'll call him, you keep it up. You see what I'm saying? But that's where the Lord is. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that God disciplines his sons. If you don't have discipline from God in your life, you're, you're not, something's wrong. There's a disconnect. You've cut God off. You've cut your sonship off. You, you've cut your relationship off with him. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, that doesn't give us permission to go out and just correct everybody in the world. You know, it's, that's not being, it's, it's all out of relationship. It's all out of love, okay, for people. When you genuinely love somebody. I've rebuked a couple of people. I don't, maybe, no, I've, I've, I've exhorted a couple of people recently for stuff they've said. They've said stuff about who they are, and I, and I went after them about it before I even could think. Like, you know, if you believe that, then you're not believing what God's already revealed to you. That's an admonishment. Are y'all okay? You just are looking at me with these blank looks on your face. Oh, God will bring corrective words in your life if you're a son or a daughter. You, you, you want him to. You know, you want God to do that for you. And the last one is comfort, which means the easing or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. That's, that's prophetic, where God begins to bring this comfort into your life when you're hurting, when you're broken, when, when life has really dealt you a hard thing. You see, we don't really know how to love people, do we? Not really. You don't really know, we don't know how to love people unless God shows us how to love them. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know what happened to them when they were a child. We don't know what their parents did to them. We don't know what their spouse did to them. That have, that have created havoc in their life. And see, that's the beauty of the prophetic. It can, it, can, it can dial in on things in people, okay, without the person being exposed. You may have no clue this person lived a very perverse lifestyle and it about destroyed them. God may not show you that they've lived a perverse lifestyle, but he can show you that their hearts are ripped apart. They're shredded on the inside, okay? And you can begin to speak to that heart and speak life over that heart, speak health over that heart. And speak healing over that heart. That's the beautiful thing about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He wants to comfort people. He wants them to feel embraced and feel loved. Amen? So that's sort of the, the basis of, of New Testament prophecy. Now, I'm going to keep going. Are y'all, still, are y'all good with me? There's a thing called predictive prophecy. Predictive prophecy is talking about what's going to, not necessarily what's happening right now, but what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not talking about Bible prophecy tomorrow kind of stuff. I'm talking about in our life because, you know, the Old Testament was, was full of that kind of stuff. The New Testament, there's a lot of it in the New Testament, okay? And every one of us need to be walking in some level of predictive prophecy. Every one of us need to be able to see something beyond this moment. Are y'all following this? Listen, listen to this. I, I can prove this to you. I'm not just telling you this. Listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen. We need to earnestly desire this. We need to get stirred up inside about this. Okay? L- listen to this. John 16, verse 13, talking about the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever he-, he hears, He will speak. Listen to this. Whatever He hears, He will speak. Listen, and He will tell you what? What will he tell you? Things to what? Things to come. Things that haven't happened yet. That's what the Holy Spirit does. 
That's what he wants to do for all of us. That's predictive prophecy. That's where it lines up. It comes from the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with the Holy Spirit when he begins to talk to you about your future. Are y'all good with that? Some of you might not be. Well, we just talked about it already this morning. We talked about having dreams. What are dreams about? Dreams are about tomorrow, right? Are y'all following this? You see, this, this whole thing about looking into the future and seeing things is very much a part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. The reason I, I ain't talking about Bible prophets is because all that has to be interpreted. Okay? I'm talking about us on a personal level. And this predictive prophecy may just be about you or your circle of friends, your circle of influence, about your business. Here's a great example, a very simple, simple predictive prophecy. Is we had this men's retreat the other day, last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, and the night before, the guy who was, or the day before, the guy who was supposed to come and speak, his daddy had a stroke. Okay? So he said, I can't come, Byron. I got to go be with my dad. Okay, that's cool. We worked it out. Dean Stein gets up the morning of it, and the Lord speaks to him and says, The speaker's not going to be here today. As simple as that. He didn't know anything. And he told me, like, oh, somehow the Lord told me that was going to happen. I really, are y'all following that? That's a simple thing. But really what, what the Holy Spirit was trying to do was a, right there. I'm going to tell you things to come. I'm trying to get you. Did, did that mean anything? Did that make a difference? No, but what it does do it, is, Dean, pay attention, son. Pay attention. I'm talking. And I'm telling you, and there may come a moment in your life when I tell you something that's really big, that's impacting to your life or impacting somebody in your family or your, somebody in your circle, and you need to hear it so you can act on it. You, you hear what I'm saying? A lot of times the Lord will tell you stuff that, like, why is He telling me that? Why does that matter? It matters big that we learn how to hear when the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Are y'all following this? So I think that's important. Listen to this little statement. Predictive prophecy is not just about predicting the future, but to affect the present. You know, because the future is meant to impact us right now. When we begin to have a dream, when God begins to show us something in the future, it doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. Did y'all know that? God can give you a word about your future, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically. It may have conditions tied to it. You hear what I'm saying? It may require you to do something. Are y'all following this? This is important. The Lord gave me this word a long time ago about being a pastor when I wasn't a pastor. Okay? He revealed to me, that's what your future is. So what did I do? Nothing. Oh, that's cool. Maybe one day I will. Maybe one day being a pastor will drop out of the sky. You know? Are you getting what I'm saying? No, this is what I did. Oh, I'm supposed to be a pastor. Well, the first thing I thought, pastors need to know a lot about the Bible. That was my first thought. You know, if you're going to be a pastor, you really need to have an understanding of the Bible. So what did I do? I started studying the Bible. I, I need to learn the Bible from book to end. Oh, another thing, if I'm going to be a pastor, I need to know how churches run. So I went to my pastors like, what do you need me to do in this church? Clean the bathrooms. Okay, I'll be glad because I need to know how to clean toilets in a church. And I need to know that's an important part of church life is cleaning the toilets. Working with children, working with you. I did it. I, the only thing I didn't do was women's ministry. <laughs> I didn't feel called to do any of those things. Here's what I was doing 
I was responding to this prophetic word from the Lord. So when the day came for that word to be fulfilled, I would have done my part to be prepared for what God had for me. I don't believe I'd be standing up here today if I didn't do all that. Are y'all following me? So, so the prophecy, the predictive prophecy, is meant to impact what you do today many times for you to cooperate with the word of the Lord. I hope y'all are okay. Yeah. A lot of times it's, an, it's just an invitation to something. You know, like the, the Lord says, you're going to be a successful businessman. And you, you may not feel like you can be. That's an invitation. Well, what do I need to become a successful businessman? What, what are the, what's my part in this where I begin to work with God to see his word fulfilled in my life? Are y'all following that? And, and this is another one, John 14, 29. Woo, I hope this is something good for you. Uh, this is what Jesus said. And now I have told you before it comes that when it comes to pass, you may believe. He's talking about something that he told them before it comes. I'm going to tell you right now. So, you, so the future proves the past, okay, when it comes to prophetic. The future proves the past. Now, that's, that's really an important little thought to keep in your mind. The future proves the past. That's the only way your prophetic word about the future can be ultimately proven out is 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 when you walk into it and then you look back and you see that God spoke to you. The future proved the past for Dean in a short, in a, just a few hours. Him knowing, recognizing that God was speaking to him and revealing something to him. So, so I think it's also important about the future. You know, um, if you're going to operate in faith, you need to see see the future some, because because faith is made up of of seeing the invisible. And hope, right? Faith is the substance of hope, th- things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that right? So w- when we begin to talk about the future, we, we begin to talk about the realm of hope. Are y'all following this? Because y'all are looking at me, really, these frowns on your face. I mean, just bad frowns. Okay? If you don't have hope, you can't have faith. I mean, that's just, just the way it is. There's no faith apart from hope. Hope is in the future. It's what might happen. It's what could happen. It's a positive view of the future. Okay? And because you have that, you have one of the biggest elements of faith to begin to flow in faith. And that's what he was saying. Is he was trying to create hope in them. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to happen so you can believe because it's going to give you a lot of hope about the other things I start telling you. And you know, some of the most hopeful people on earth are children. The most hopeful people. Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a vet. When I grow up, I'm going to be a farmer. When I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor. They're full of hope. And we were all full of hope at one time. But we grow up and became adults and we quit being full of hope. Because life crushed us down. And we begin to lose our hope. And we replace it with this like thing that's like, oh, I've got this five-year where am I going to be in five years? But the problem is we leave God out of that. We need to see what God is saying about five years down the road, not what we think we should be doing five years. Are y'all following that? You know what? It's, with children, this is, this is something I think that they, that's intuitive to them. My tomorrow will be better than my today. How many people in this, in this room really believe my tomorrow is going to be better? That's living in hope. My tomorrow's going to be better than right now. I'm going to have a better day tomorrow than I am today. And when we don't have that, 
You know, and that's what the prophetic world releases to us is this feeling, this sense that God has something better and bigger and more, you know, more glorious for us than we have right at this moment. And if you don't have that working in your life, you're a very boring Christian. You're bored with God. You're bored with Christianity because that's not flowing in your heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Here's one thing I've also learned uh, is if you go to any nation in any culture, people are basically concerned about two things. Okay, one, they're concerned, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? You know, and what's going to happen to my nation? What's going to happen to my country? Every nation I've been in, that's the common thought that you could boil it down. So we all have this in us. We all have this thing in us about we want to know what's going to happen to us. I want to know what my, what's going to happen with my grandkids. My children, I want to know that they're okay. They're going to be okay down the road. They're, everything's going to be good down the road for them. You know, they've got this future, you know. And that's where the nation thing comes in because I don't want them living in a country that's overrun by demonic beings. I want one that's overrun by angels, you know. And you know what I'm saying? Instead of demons and, and perversion and, and just bad things, you know. That's really important. That's really important for having this hope. Okay, I just wanted to say that to you. I know I've thrown that out at you. That's not really detailed. Um, but really what I want to talk to you to spend the rest of the time, i got a few more minutes here, by the way, if you want me to stop, is about receiving prophetic words. Okay, because that's really, really important about receiving prophetic words. Because when you, when you begin to have a, a flow of prophetic in you, both giving prophetic and receiving prophetic, you are, you're getting constantly refreshed in the Father's anointing. That, that's what happens in your life. It's you're, you're starting to see the Father more and more when you've got this flow of in, flowing out of you, flowing in you, flowing out of you, this prophetic anointing flowing. When you're seeing things, you're, you're catching His heart about things. And, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's so, so important. Um. I don't know why my phone's making all that noise, but I'm going to deal with it. It's making bad noises. So, each prophetic word you receive is not only a word for you, not just a piece of information, okay? But it's a window into how, I think I said that, it's a window how God thinks about you and what God wants to do in your life. Every prophetic word that's from God is a window about how he thinks about you, your situation, your family, whatever it may be, and about what he wants to do in your life. That's, that's what they are. They're windows into this thing that we can begin to see in this thing. And, and so, all right, here's the key. Mark 4.3. It says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. This is really vital, okay? <laughs> when it comes, I'm, this is a very prophetic statement here. A sower went out to sow. All right, so, and then we know the rest of that story. Jesus said they were like these different kinds of hearts. You know, like four kinds of hearts he talks about in this parable, this parable of the soil, they call it. You know, one of them was a hard heart. It fell to the wayside. One of them was a shallow heart. Difficult, you know, the word sprang up. Difficulties came. You know, trials came. The word didn't have any effect. Third one was... Uh, there's the deceitful of riches, the desire for other things. Choke the word of God out of the person's life. Okay? This, this wrong desire, this wrong focus in your life. Going after something besides what this word 
wants you to go after will destroy the, the word of God in your life. And then, you know, the fourth one was the rich soil where it could get a, find a place in you and it could grow and develop and cultivate and then and multiply. You know, he said 30, 60, and 90 fold. This, this word can produce that much fruit in your life. It's an, an amazing parable. But what happens is uh, when you receive a prophetic word, you, you, you're, suddenly you have this, if you're really tuning in, you're living, you start living in this tension. You have this tension of this word, okay, and the potential of this word, okay? Because every seed is just a potential. Every oak seed, acorn, I guess that's what you call it, is in that seed is the potential for an oak tree, okay? But if it don't find good soil, it's not going to ever fulfill its potential. You hear what I'm saying to you? And so that's really the key. What Jesus was trying to teach here is this thing is really important because you're going to live in this divine tension of potential, you're going to have a word that says, this is what's going to happen, or this is who you are, this is what's going to be, and then it doesn't happen right away, right? It doesn't happen right away. And so you're living in this tension, this potential of what may, what may happen in the future, okay? Now listen to this. More, I'm, you know, so he gave him that parable, and then his disciples said, what does this mean? This is really important. We know this is important. And this is what he said to them. In, in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Basically what he was saying, if you don't get this, you will get nothing. If you don't understand this parable, this saying, this teaching, there's no teaching you'll ever get. Do you see why I'm bringing this out? This is like one of the most vital teachings in the entire Bible as far as receiving something from God. Right here, because that's what Jesus says. If you don't get this, you're not going to get nothing. If you don't really understand, I'm talking about the heart. That your, the condition of your heart is going to affect everything in your life spiritually. The condition of your heart. And so lots of times people will get a prophetic word, okay, and it doesn't happen right away, or some trial comes into their life. Okay, and they'll throw that word right out the window. That's the ones on the, the shallow soil. And they'll be angry at God about it because God didn't do what he said he was going to do. Are y'all following this? And that's why Jesus was saying, y'all need to get this. We need to get this because that's the way the prophetic works. It's a seed and your heart's the soil. And so we have to really allow our, the, heart, our, the condition of our heart to be changed to be able to allow that word to go into our heart and find a place inside of us where it can grow and develop and become what it's supposed to be. And lots of times you get these prophetic words and you don't really understand them, right? They don't really make a lot of sense sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember when Bob Jones was alive, he'd come to the church. Y'all, some of y'all remember that. Well, Bob Jones was never known to be a person that said stuff that made sense. Like, dude, what do you mean? Everything was a parable. But I learned when I'm around him, I'm not trying to understand nothing. I don't try to understand it. I just try to catch it. You know, that's what I always say. Put your catcher mitt on. Just catch it. That's all you got to do. Then the understanding can be worked out later. You know, but let the seed get to your heart instead of rejecting it. Okay? Let me read this really beautiful scripture here. Um, Are you all Okay. All righty. 
Matthew 18, 18, and this comes from the Passion Translator. This is amazing. Just as Jesus received this truth, listen, whatever you forbid on earth will be considered forbidden in heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. God gives you a word. I don't understand it. That can't be God. Or I'm angry because it didn't happen. It's forbidden in heaven. You've stopped the word of the Lord. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We have a responsibility in this. This is amazing scripture. This applies everywhere in your Christian life. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. God gives you a word. You're going to be a pastor. Yes, I am. I'm the worst one in the bunch. You know, that was the puppy nobody wanted. Right? The puppy nobody, everybody, they sold all the dogs except one. Nobody wants that dog. And the Lord says, that's the best dog. I'm the best dog. You know, and so that's releasing. That's allowing what God says to take precedence in your life. So that's, this is really key about receiving prophetic words, whether you understand them or not. Because if you don't, let me say this. We need to get understanding because what you understand, you tend to value, right? And what you value, you tend to steward it, right? So that's why you need to repent and change the way you think so you can begin to understand what God's saying. That's where repentance comes in all this. You begin to change your way of thinking, which changes the way you understand you can begin to understand what God's saying, then you're going to have a lot of value for what He's saying. And no matter what you're going through, if you could go through trials and stuff that will tell you exactly opposite of what the Word says. And I'm going to tell you many times, many times God will speak a word to you and your light, you'll walk right into the opposite. And your circumstances, people around you will tell you the exact opposite. And if you start agreeing with all that stuff and start saying all that stuff, guess what's happened? You have forbidden. You have forbidden the word of the Lord to be work in your life. You've stopped it. You've shut it down. Now, I'm telling you, this is true. I've lived this. I've had many prophetic words in my life that I absolutely said, that can't not be God. And when I said it cannot be God, guess what? It stopped it. I've had many prophetic words where God would speak to me, and I would believe it was God, like, but why, how, when? You know, I'd want to argue with God about it, and guess what? Stopped it. Are y'all with me this morning? See, God's looking for people who will cooperate with Him, you know, and begin to cultivate the Word. When the Lord revealed to me, I think I told you that story about how, how I got this calling to be a pastor. I, I really wasn't supposed to do this on a natural in fact, I'm shocked I'm doing it. I told Becky, I think, I'm just completely shocked. Number one, I'm doing this. And I'm shocked that anybody want to hear anything I got to say. I mean, it just blows my mind. But, so I wasn't planning on being this. I was planning on being something else and doing something else in my life until the Lord showed up in my living room one night. Remember that story? I don't know if you remember. He came, the presence of God came across the room and stood beside me. He didn't say, thus saith the Lord, or I'm the Lord, and you're going to be a pastor. He didn't say nothing. Not one word. I didn't say one word. I was too shook up to say anything. Because there was this overwhelming sense of God all around me, just, just wrapped itself around me. And it went on for, I don't know how long. I don't know how long it went on. 
but I do, I started feeling it left away. And when it, when it was gone, the first thought that came to my mind, I'm supposed to be a pastor. That was the first thought that came to my mind. And I could have said no to the, that. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'd rather be an engineer, some more money, more better, you know, better job security. I don't think being a pastor has got good job security. I'm not doing it, Lord. Guess what? It wouldn't have happened. Whatever you forbid on earth is going to be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you release on earth is going to be released from heaven. What you say really matters. What you say really matters. Your, your words are, are either, either going to take you into what God has for you or they're going to take you out of what God has for you. That's why most of the prophetic... There are such a thing as prophetic acts, but most of the prophetic is something that's spoken through another person or some, in some ways it's communicated to you and you know that God is speaking to you. Actually, uh, in, in, uh, I think it's um, Hosea or Hag- I think it's Hosea, one of those guys, he said, I'm going to take my stand to see what the Lord is going to say to me. In other words, he was saying, I'm going to see something, and I know in what I see is God's going to be speaking to me. So there's different ways that God communicates, you know, his, his word to you. Ooh, mercy, Lord, right? Are y'all all right? Y'all ain't looking all right. Y'all, you know, I, I think God really, uh, I just, this is the way I feel. There's just too much small thinking, okay? Oh, that couldn't be God. Here's another thing, okay? I want to say this. I really want to challenge some of you. Holy Spirit River, Holy Spirit anointing, Holy Spirit revival. A lot of people reject the move of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why do they respect, reject it? I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Therefore, I reject it. In other words, you exalt your understanding above what God's doing. Okay? We exalt our understanding above a prophetic word that God has. And that's what you're really doing when you do that. You know, so I'm trying to appeal to you today on something. Is we need to stop the, the uh, James, I think it's James 1.20, it says, Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to say, receive, in, in other words, what he was saying, the key to all of this, the key to your heart is humility. If, is to humbly receive what the Lord has said to you, and then you can go and you can talk to people about it, you can pray about it, you can ask the Lord, are you supposed to do something about it? You can go do all of those things. But if your first response, I don't understand it, therefore, you've made a mistake. That's not the right reaction. That's not the right response that God's looking for. And we write off so much of what God is doing many times because we simply don't understand it. You know, like I said last week, what, a, what it would have been a tragedy on the day of Pentecost if the 12, Peter and all that, those guys would have said, well, this is not how the Holy Spirit came on Jesus. Wouldn't that have been a tragedy? That can't be the Holy Spirit. He came on Jesus like a dove. That's what we know. That's the thing we know. So this drunkenness and this tongues and this wind that's not in the Bible. That's not how this works. What a tragedy for the church if they would have done that. You see the fallacy in all this? But no, what they did, they humbled themselves and started quoting scriptures that didn't apply. That's what I was, 
Oh, I got a scripture here about this pouring out spirit. I don't know how it applies, but it's, I'm just going to read it just to give everybody a scripture from Joel. Like, this is that, you know. <laughs> Go back and read those two scriptures. I'm amazed at that. Joel and Acts, they don't end up. But somehow God said they did. Somehow God said, no, that's really what happened. It's just it looked different than we thought it was going to look. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, okay, well, I'm tired of this. <laughs> You know. Thank you. I'm shaky, but um, this is a testimony, and this we want to give our testimony so others can grab hold of this. That when we were missionaries in Argentina, you know, we sold everything, didn't have anything or whatever to come home to, and when we were thinking about it was time to come home, we had nothing. And yeah, I was looking on face or on Pinterest of tiny homes and campers, thinking, okay, we're going to have to come home to a, a tiny house or a camper. But Jim Hill had a prophecy over us saying that the Lord was going to give us better homes and gardens. Yeah. And by the time we left, we had an eight-acre farm, a house. You know, and now we have our better homes and gardens. We have gardens. We have animals. And the Lord has fulfilled that, you know, in a prophetic word over us back in the day when we would never have thought, you know. And I just want to declare that to you all that this is possible, you know, that the prophetic words, even though at the time it's like, how can that be? We have no money, you know. We're living on support, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But he gave us that. And... We have it, so take it and go. Jim also gave us a prophetic word way before this ever happened. Um, not even a thought about ministry, that we would be pastoring a fairly large church on the north side of Charlotte. And you know what I did? I laughed. He, rem- he says that to me today. You laughed at me. And so, you know... Fortunately, the Lord didn't hold it against me, but it did take a lot of convincing, you know, but it is, this is a really good word about receiving because, you know, there really are a lot of abuses of prophetic at times, but that's not a reason for us to throw the baby out with the bath, bath water. I mean, we, I think if we do what Byron said about being humble, you know, and just putting it before the Lord instead of that automatic, like, that doesn't sound like the Lord, and just tossing it and walking off. And I know we've all done it. So I think this is a really good word for us today. So, One thing I wanted to do is, because I've been doing it personally, because I felt remorse in my life about limiting the Lord. I'm doing what I, that Matthew 18 thing is you know, forbidding God to do things in my life because I was, because my understanding was lacking or I just refused to allow something that, well, that's too big or that's too great or that's too outside my box kind of thing. I've done a lot of that in my life, way a lot of it. And, you know, you know how the pendulum swings. <laughs> you go from one extreme to the other. <laughs> I've done some other <laughs> extremes too, but. That's another day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I do think the Lord wants us to renounce 
limiting him with our thinking and the way and our belief systems that we have. The question that really struck me years ago that really started it just jolted me was this is your understanding is the Bible bigger than your understanding? You know, that was the question somebody, some preacher was saying. I thought, of course it is. Everybody knows that. But then I realized, but I'm not doing that. And then he said, is God bigger than your understanding? In other words, does God have permission to do something outside your understanding of the Bible? Now, some people might think that's dangerous, but I don't think it's dangerous. I think that's living in faith. I think that's what God's called us all to do is to go beyond what we understand the Bible says to what it really says. Okay, because we think it means one thing and God may say that does not mean that it means that not, not, that doesn't mean that. <laughs> or that was the first step in understanding, but there's ten more steps that you stopped at. You know? And if we'll remain teachable in our life, we'll, we can understand the things that God's doing. We might not understand that at the moment. He will give us understanding. There's a thing called spirit of wisdom and understanding. He will give us that. He won't leave us in the dark 100%, maybe 10%. <laughs> Still thinks he's like, what? So, so what I wanted to give you an opportunity to do this morning is to Repent. Okay, from the times that you have limited God by your thinking, by what you believe, and that you've exalted all this above the Lord Himself. And give the Holy Spirit an opportunity in your life to begin to give you new thoughts and new understanding about Him and about what He's doing and what He wants to do with your life. Because we really are in a time of change and a time of shift where God's trying to shift people into something. And if we'll cooperate with them and allow it, it can happen. And, I, and God will explain all this. He really will. He'll, he'll do what he needs to do to help you with it. You know, he doesn't want you doing something that's bad. Or he doesn't want you to be into some kind of heresy thing and all that. But see, I don't even worry about that stuff no more. You know, I, I really don't. I don't worry about all of that. Here's what my concerns in my life are is this. Is one, I'm concerned about being influenced by religion. I'm always saying, Lord, tell me where I'm religious. I need to know. And the second thing that really concerns me is this poverty thing. Because wherever you have religion, you have poverty. And I live, I grew up in poverty. I understand poverty. And it's powerful. It has a powerful grip. And it don't just grip your pocketbook, it grips your thinking. It grips everything about you. It'll make you the most hoarding. Un, non-generous person there is it'll do all of that to you it will destroy you it will destroy you so those are the things I'm paying attention in my life because I've suffered with both of those in the past I've suffered with them and I realized what they did to me did to my relationship with the Lord did to my relationship with people around me now everybody's different but I think those are two things that affect everybody spirit of religion spirit of poverty so if we need to be concerned about something, we need to be concerned about where are those at in my life? Where are those dark corners in my heart that's influenced by that religious thought? Y'all good? So let's just ask the Lord this morning. 
to forgive us where we've limited him and we have forbid him to fulfill something and do something in our life that he may want to do, some past word that you had. Lord, I just ask you to show people this morning, you know, Where we've we've we're the ones that fall, not some outward circumstance, but our heart has not been in a place to to allow this word that you gave us to to grow in us. And so, Lord, we just want to humble ourselves to you today, Lord, and ask you to forgive us for those times in our life where we've not had the right soil in our hearts, and and, and we've. Hindered your word from working in our life. I just ask you to do that, Lord, for every person in this room. And Lord, I just ask you to release a prophetic anointing on every person in this room. Because Lord, you've called us to be a prophetic people. Not not just a normal people, we're a prophetic people, Lord. We have a prophetic mantle upon us, Lord. And I'm just beckoning us today to pick up that prophetic mantle that God that God has already given us and begin to carry that mantle with you wherever you go and allow the word of the Lord allow the word of the Lord permission in your life give the word of the Lord permission to do what it wants to in your life and allow the word of the Lord to come from your life to begin to have boldness and courage to begin to speak things to people, when you ask the Lord about them, when you look at people, ask God, what do you have to say about this person? And find a way to say it to them in a way that they will know somehow that God, God showed up in my life through this person. Because God's interested in people. It could change people's lives. Just a little word that would change their life because you were willing to let God speak through you. So just take a moment here and just let the Lord deal with you and speak to you. Just by asking the Lord to forgive you or to forgive us does not complete repentance. Repentance is changing your mind. It's changing your direction. El arrepentimiento significa cambiar nuestra manera de vivir, nuestra manera de pensar. No es solamente arrepentirnos. So not only stop speaking the negative, no es solamente dejar de hablar lo negativo, but start out loud speaking the positive, confirming, reaffirming what God has said to you. Se trata de confirmar y hablar aquello que Dios te ha hablado a ti. You know, Becky said she laughed when she heard that about the church, but Sarah laughed when she heard that about having a child. Becky dijo que ella se rió cuando recibió esa palabra profética que iban a ser pastores, pero también Sara se rió. Because for years there was the promise that she would have a baby. And Abram would be the father of many nations. So God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Which forced Abraham to confess the promise of God every time he told somebody his name. Lo cual forzó a Abraham a confesar su nombre cada vez que vio a alguien. 
and within one year, y dentro de un año, they gave birth to Isaac. Él dio a luz a un hijo, Isaac. Now I'm going to tell you a quick little story, and it's it's not funny, but it is funny. We have we had six chickens. Voy a contar una historia que es chistosa, pero no es muy chistosa. Tenemos seis pollitos. And our grandkids named the chickens, and they named one of them Featherless because she had a big swatch down her back with feathers. So we started calling her featherless and she started losing more and more and more feathers until she only had feathers on her head and neck. She looked like a rotisserie chicken with a head. Parecía un pollo de rotisserie, pero... Con, con cabeza. And then she was getting sunburned. Y estaba el sol le quemaba porque no tenía plumaje. So I told Jenny we need to put a butter patty on her back and baste her. Yo le dije vamos a ponerla atrás. What is it? A butter pet baster, you know. Ah, like, como, <laughs> como, or whatever. Anyway. Yes. Um, anyway. Yeah. One day I went out there and I felt like the Lord said to me. Stop confessing her as featherless. Y yo fui a un día a verla a esta gallina. Dios me dijo, deja de confesar esto sobre este animal. So I changed her name to feathers. Entonces yo cambié su nombre a plumaje. And every day when I would go out to feed them and collect the eggs, I would thank the Lord for making feathers full of feathers. Entonces yo cada día que iba a recoger los huevos le daba gracias al Señor por esta gallina que tenía plumas. You can't tell her from any other chicken now. Ahora no puedes distinguirla entre ninguno de los pollos. And I know that wasn't just a cool story. I know that was God confirming his word of calling those things that are not as though they are and confessing your faith that your words have power and what things you confess come to pass even with a chicken. Y esta es una manera en que Dios confirma esa escritura que dice que Dios confirma su palabra lo que tú confiesas eso pasa. So as we repent for not holding on to the words God's given us, let's not just say, I'm sorry, forgive me, Lord, but let's literally change the direction, pull those dreams back up, and start speaking them out loud, calling those things which are not yet as though they are. Comencemos a llamar esas cosas que no son como si fueran los sueños que hemos tenido. Saquémoslos para afuera y comencemos a declarar lo que Él dice. All right, well, let's stand, ministry Parémonos. team. Will you come up? If you need prayer, if you want somebody to speak these words over you, come forward. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your words spoken through Byron this morning. And we're excited to see what's going to happen in our lives. Amen. Come up for prayer if you want or just be released. Ven y recibe oración si quieres o si no, sea bendecido.
press my face against the earth till my heart arises over my head as the wind.